to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen. And Kyle. And we have yet to be kidnapped by the Aleister Crowley worshipping tech cult. So, that pretty, is a bonus. I'm pretty happy about that. I'm yeah. not really trying to get <laughs> abducted. So, nothing nefarious has happened to us up to this point, which is a few days after the interview. Kyle probably lost a few years off his life due to stress. But oh, I would not doubt that at all. I was uh, extremely stressed about it. It was pretty fucking scary. <laughs> We're still looking into it for anybody that's interested. We got yes. a Discord set up. Yes, we are. We are. We're going to try to figure some shit out because now we are detectives. Yay. Not really. But first, Kyle's going to whisk us magically away to a little place called Stardust Ranch. It's going to be fucking epic. It's going to be dope. We got to get through the business. Check us out at all our uh, social medias. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Search up Paul's Guy Podcast, and we will be there. Come hang out. Share weird shit, memes, just pretty much anything. You know the deal. We do this every episode. You'll get it figured out. Uh, if Sooner you have, or later. <laughs> if you have a uh, paranormal experience you'd like to share with us, Kyle, how do they share a paranormal experience with us? I'm not really that sure anymore. It's been so long. Um, you can use your voice memo app on your smartphones. Record yourself, send it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can write your story out. You can videotape your story, send it over on VHS, whatever you guys want to do, and then we'll get your story out. We're going to share it and talk about it, and everybody's going to have a grand old time. Hell yeah. If you listen to us on any podcatcher, please take uh, a minute and leave us a rating and review. It's pretty much the best way you can support the podcast, get our name out there, push us through the ranks. Um, if you do it on iTunes or Apple, whichever one, you can leave a review, leave us a five star and I will shout you out because that's dope and people like that shit. So today's is brought to us by Twiddlebug. It says, great podcast, five stars, awesome podcast. Sick. What more needs to be said? Nothing. Not a thing. Thank you so I'm not much. Argue for, with it. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, leave that rating and review. It's hella dope. Uh, we also have a Patreon set up. If you want to come over and support the podcast that way, we got a bunch of goodies. Go to patreon.com and search Hollow Sky Podcast. We'll be there. We have a uh, Venmo set up if you want to throw us some monster bucks so we can get one of these delicious. Fucking goodies. Hell yeah. I we already will. drank mine. <laughs> Kyle slammed it, so he's Fucking, raring to go. Let's go. Um, yeah, so we can get some monsters. Let me see if I'm covering all our bases here. Probably not. Yeah, we got a Discord set up. We're talking about Egress Industries. Trying to uh, connect some dots with all you good folks out there. Uh, we will go to our uh, listener experience of the day. Hell yeah, we're going to go right to that. Let's get it. Uh, this was an email sent in from our friend Seth. I will start. When my fiance was in high school, she went on a field trip to Chicago. The class traveled by train. During the trip, she fell asleep. She had a vivid dream that the train had crashed and all of the passengers except her were killed. She awoke in a panic, exclaiming to her boyfriend at the time that there was going to be an accident and that everyone on board was going to die. Not long after, she woke up and the train had come to a sudden stop to avoid colliding with another train. This is not the only time... In her life when she had visions or extreme cases of deja vu. She's had some seriously strange things happen to her. Ultimately, she does not like to discuss them very much because she feels like it conjures bad things and scary stuff she's had happen to her begins to appear. 
Uh, if I can ever get her to talk about it more, I'll let you guys know. Love the show. Stay creepy, Seth. P.S. I graduated with Steve's younger brother, Dylan, and I'm really good friends with Kyle Louder. I'd love to meet up with y'all sometime. Well, you definitely have the connections, so fuck it. Touche. Let's hang out. Uh, to this story, though, I mean, that's straight up Final Destination. That's exactly what I was thinking. Final Destination all up in this motherfucker. It's, I have a theory about Deja Vu, and anybody that knows me, I've probably preached it more often than not. I feel like our existence is kind of like a never-ending circle. It just keeps starting over and over and over again, like time is a flat circle. And our brains have some kind of uh, defense mechanism to where we don't realize it. So when shit like this happens, like deja vu, for instance, I feel like it's our brain kind of clicking in being like, hey, you've done this shit before. Wake your ass up. You know, you can control more than you think you can control if you just break this loop. But we never really commit to it, I guess. That doesn't exactly explain how she avoided the train accident. That sounds like a, a like a timeline jump. It very well could be. You know, like and that's not a, that's not a small thing either. That the fact that two trains could possibly collide. They usually plan those things fairly well. Yeah, it's almost like I don't know it very well, but the theory of like quantum immortality, like your existence carries on in uh, alternate timelines. Like when you die in one timeline, it carries on in another. Say, for example, in a different timeline, the trains didn't avoid one another and they collided. So she jumped from that timeline to this timeline and her existence carries on with this weird near miss, whereas her consciousness remembered the trains hitting, which is why she had a dream about it and kind of freaked her out. I mean... It doesn't sound that crazy. Nothing does at this point. No, not at all. <laughs> but thank you for uh, sharing her story with us, Seth. Uh, yeah, we'll have to get together someday. Get Kyle Louder and Dylan, and we'll just chill out, see what's going on. Me and Kyle have pretty busy schedules, but we'll talk about some weird shit. Hell yeah. Let's get it. All right. With all that being said, time for Kyle to book us a one-way trip to Stardust Ranch. It's going to be This awesome. is probably my favorite paranormal story of all time. It's fantastic. It is fucking dope. It is fantastic. <clears throat> so I decided to do an episode on Stardust Ranch, and I started Googling it and trying to find as much as I could, but it, every time I Googled it, it basically just sent me to a book that was on Amazon. And obviously it's on Stardust Ranch. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll buy it. I'll read it. I'll check it out. And with all the information that I have, I'm literally only about halfway done with the book. The back half of the book is all new insanity because the first half is pretty much everything that me and Steve have heard before. There are some minor details that I hadn't heard prior, but it will be a learning experience for you guys because, once again, I'll reiterate, if you want to know how to not get abducted he's gonna tell you how so stay tuned for that i'm gonna fucking take notes yeah you probably should so it starts off with this uh this article man desperately trying to sell his alien infested ranch <laughs> and article hit the cycle on october 26th of 2017 i wish i was rich back then because i would have snatched that something yeah 
an Arizona man has put his ranch up for sale because he says he's been harassed by aliens and that they've even tried taking his wife, which is not very comforting. <laughs> um, the ranch itself was even visited by the most famous of famous ghost hunters on the planet, Zach Baggins. Bro. And he pretty much fought aliens and demons the night he stayed there. Did he win? I don't know. That's not the story we're focusing on tonight. Oh, that was just a that that was just a precursor. Yeah, that's just a precursor. And I'm not I'm not laughing at our dude here who's dealing with all this shit. It's just the way that it's portrayed. No, and I you know what I mean, like dude. I'm telling you right now, if, his if, alien infested ranch, like nobody's taking him seriously, bro. I'm telling you, for anybody out there who will give this man a fragment of the doubt. Read this book. And I'm telling you right now, I respect this man because this inter- this book is basically one giant interview and he literally goes about it like I would. All right, I'm going to tell you my story. I don't really fucking care if you believe me or not. This is the story. This is what happened. I don't know, like like I'm books make me vision a lot, like I'm seeing a, a movie in my head, which it does for a lot of people. And I just picture this man sitting there, you know, the guy looking at him, the interviewer looking at him with doubt and him just shrugging his shoulders like, I don't give a shit. Like, it happened. You asked to hear my story. I'm giving you my story. So, you know, take it how you will. It doesn't fucking matter to me. I wonder if he would do an interview with us. Now that we we know we can do interviews and I'll fuck him up. Probably. That would be fucking dope. Like I said, He's literally, the place is literally about an hour from where my sister lives. Let's go. <clears throat> so it wouldn't be impossible for us to get up there. I just meant call him. But... So yeah, I mean, I get into it right here. The ranch itself sits about an hour west of Phoenix, and Phoenix is where my sister lives. It actually resides in the Rainbow Valley, which just sounds kind of fucking weird. The Rainbow Valley. I'd rather have it be Rainbow Valley than fucking, like, I know Satan's death triangle. <laughs> you got a point there. <laughs> Um, a little bit about the man who owns the ranch. His name is John Edmonds. He was born in the late 1950s. Uh, even growing up, he grew up in this terrible shit stain of a state, Illinois, which is kind of cool. Twins. He lived in Evingston, as a matter of fact. Um, he and he's got a lot of credentials in his life. He he actually became a uh, psychiatric counselor in his thirties. He then moved to Arizona and opened his own practice. So he has credibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not he's not off his rocker by any means. He's the one that tells people they're off their rocker. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> now, I mean, if you had the crazy leading the crazy, then it might happen. I don't know, but uh. And while while doing his practice out there, he eventually met his wife. And after a few years, he got tired of the city life and doing what he was doing. And he decided he wanted to own his own ranch and have horses and just kind of slow down life a little bit, which I can completely understand and respect. I don't like big cities. They fucking stress me out. I just I love small town living. I think that's where I'm always going to be. I like the quiet of it, and so I can respect the dude. Um, Would you like to live there if there were interdimensional alien demons trying to kidnap your old lady? Well, 
I mean, I'm thinking that would probably put a damper on your situation. Yeah, yeah. But if I found out the things that old John here's found out, I don't know that I would be as concerned. True. So, I mean, a lot of people obviously don't know what I'm referencing, but we'll get to it. Um, so, you know, John got a hold of a realtor and this realtor took him out to the property. John and his wife, and her name was Joyce, they went to the property and John was immediately overwhelmed with possibilities. And he's just like, man, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. And then the, the price was right. Everything was just perfect in John's head. Joyce, on the other hand, had an extremely bad feeling about the place. Fuck this place. She wanted fucking nothing to do with the ranch at all. And come to find out, they actually went and looked at several other ranches. Before, but John was so fucking adamant. He bought it behind her back? No, I wouldn't say that, but he was mm. so adamant on this particular ranch. And her being, you know, a good wife, she she was like, okay, you know, fine, fuck it, we'll we'll do it. But uh, when they walked through the ranch, it appeared as normal, you know, with all the previous owners shit in it. No different than when you'd go look at a, a typical house for sale. Well, it's settled, they bought the place. John then rents a U-Haul, packs all of his shit up from the city, drives out, you know, for to the ranch. They pull up. John goes inside the house, and he's fucking immediately pissed. Irate pissed. It has appeared that the previous owners, who were supposed to be moved the fuck out, decided to just leave everything there. And so John now John's like, what the fuck, man? I can't move my stuff in here because all their stuff's in here, and I don't even know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. So he calls the realtor, and he's like, hey, man, what the hell's going on? You're supposed to have these people out of here by this date. Like, that's the papers. We signed everything. And the realtor's like, you know what, man? Go for lunch, watch a movie, then come back. So, I mean, that's what he did. He took his wife out to lunch. They grabbed a movie. They returned to the ranch early that evening, and John walks in the house, and lo and behold, everything's gone. Good realtor. Everything's gone. That was quick. So I can just, like, <clears throat> John was probably so fucking stoked yeah. to get the ranch of his dreams at the right price, get the fuck out of the city, yep. packs his U-Haul ready to roll in, and nobody has done a goddamn thing. Exactly. Take so, the wind right out of your sails. Oh, dude, I could imagine. And not to mention, like you said, you you went ahead and committed. Like you you're there now with all of your stuff. Yeah, it's your property. Yeah, you know. And so you know, it's late. They decide to just go ahead and drag the mattress in and go to sleep. They unload. You know, we'll unload everything in the morning. We'll just rest tonight. This old lady's got to be thinking. I told you this was a bad fucking oh, idea, right? But John, you know, being, I, I feel like is kind of the excitement in him. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to check shit out before we go to sleep. I just, I'm excited. You know, I want to look yeah. around. Look, just, just gaze over my yeah. kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he goes out back and out back, they had an in-ground pool. Well, the pool itself was empty of all water, but John walks out back. <laughs> I can't. 
He flips the 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 patio light on to oversee the pool, and literally, the entire contents of the house that was there previously is now inside the pool, and I mean everything: the refrigerator, the stoves, <laughs> the washing machines, the what couches, the everything is inside this I can't fucking even pool. Imagine, like I'm trying to picture it in my head, but I can't even imagine. Imagine how fucking mad you'd be. Dude, I'd be so pissed. Oh my gosh. I rented a house once. The first, right after I moved out, I rented a house with my buddy Brandon. And we go into this place and it is fucking trashed. Like awesome. after we after we paid the de- paid the fucking whatever retainer fee or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The whole like there's like 26 bags of garbage in the backyard and shit. So before we can even move in, we just have to st- clean it awesome like this is a good start yeah oh I that's didn't... pretty much how they feel like this is the best way to start off our new house so as you can imagine john's pissed he calls the realtor again and the realtor this time is like look dog you paid cash for the house oh he paid oh so it's he's legit oh yeah like he's committed 100 guys <laughs> like sorry about you that's what he did he goes, dog, you paid cash for the house. It's your fucking problem. See ya. I would single-handedly load all the shit from that pool into my truck and drive it to the realtor's house <laughs> and just start unloading it. He One did have a fucking time. U-Haul. One load at a time. Well, you know, John... You paid for your house, now it's your fucking problem. Right. John. John's pissed. So he goes and he rents a winch and he has to drag all of the shit out of the pool one by one. And then the poor dude... Then he, he buys a dolly, and he's got to dolly it to the end of the driveway. But as luck would have it, so what he started doing is, like, he'd just drag out the refrigerator, dolly it down to the end of his driveway, and leave it there. <laughs> and in a couple of days, somebody would come by and pick it up. That's got that's silver lining to yeah, the terrible he, situation. He literally says it took about three weeks to get rid of all of it. Hell yeah. He said, all I would do is wheel it down to the end of the driveway Somebody would drive by and pick it up. It was and take probably it. the fucking squatters that were living there in the first place. They're like, man, this dude just unloaded all this shit for us. Sick. <laughs> Look at this new fridge. <laughs> you know, and, and to this day, to this day, John has no idea why or who put all that shit in his pool. And this, you can, I mean, just the context for the story. This is day one. This is day one. It reminds me of like, some fucked up poltergeist shit you know like when right when people who have severe poltergeist hauntings they walk in like all their dining room chairs are stacked on top of each other. right yeah 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 or all their plates and shit are strategically placed around the room except this is to the nth degree yeah where everything inside the house is shoved into the pool and that's even you know it's weird because he you know john called the realtor and the realtor was like i got you i'll fix this and this is how it gets fixed you know he didn't do it there no. wasn't enough time for one man to throw everything in the pool. No, you wouldn't not think. at all. No. Maybe there was. I don't know. I don't know this dude. Yeah, but moving forward, uh, the the pool's incident obviously did not sit well with Joyce. And John... I told you so. Yeah, I told you this that's, was fucked up. You know that's exactly what happened. And John started to roll things around in his head. So he got to thinking about... And I don't know really why it went this route, but he's like, you know what? It's time to start taking our protection into consideration. I'm going to go buy a 357 Magnum. (laughs) 
He's so, like, no motherfucker's going to come and put my shit in the pool. Right. So that's what he did. He went out and he bought a gun. He figured that, you know, being that far out in the middle of nowhere, that police might take a minute to get there. And he just kind of was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay strapped. Yeah. And, and just be cautious. Well, one day, John was home alone when this, uh, this skeezy looking dude comes walking up the driveway. So it's kind of like John's hunch paid off. He's like, I knew there'd be some stragglers out here trying to fuck with my stuff. So John said right away he knew something was off. This dude was about 5'9", wore a military-style shirt with the sleeves cut off, rough jeans, worn black boots. The guy had long gray hair, and it was parted in the middle like Willie Nelson. Whenever I hear him recount the story, I think of, I can't think of his fucking name, the guy who played Machete. Oh, yeah, Dane Tre- Trejo. Yeah, I yeah. picture him. That's probably like who it just, was. Just a worn badass yep. walking down the street. That's probably who it was. You know, so J- John picks up his gun, puts it in the back of his pants, which is just straight up John McClane shit, walks out there to confront the guy. He meets him about halfway. He said uh, the guy's eyes met his, and there was this fire about this man's eyes. So there was something that just was different about him. He said the, the guy's teeth were all types of fucking jacked. And which is funny because as I was writing this, the after like hearing all of the description of this guy, the first dude that came to my mind was the you ever seen Last Action Hero? Years ago. You remember the the very first fight scene between Arnold and the <laughs> oh. the the Ripper guy? That's who he reminded me of, just in my head. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it right. You now. have to. Okay, but anyways, getting back to the story. The one thing that demanded attention about this guy that walked up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right? He's got a sick skull. Fuck yeah. But uh, the one thing that demanded a shitload of attention from this guy was the fact that he was carrying about a 24-inch machete. See, I was right. They, they stop about 10 feet apart, almost like in this standoff situation. And they just kind of looked at each other until John finally spoke up. He's like, hey, can I help you? The man says, I live here, as he points, like he's pointing to the the place with his machete. And John's like, excuse me? John said, look, man, I'm sorry. I don't have an agreement with you. I don't know if the previous owners did or not, but like, that's really not my fucking problem, man. Like, I bought the house. And sorry about you. The, I, I, this dude just looks at him. <laughs> And in the most calm voice goes, I kill the monsters. And John's like, look, buddy, I I don't know what the fuck you're talking about or what you had going on with the previous owners. I don't want you around here. You're not going to fucking live here. You need to leave now. Dude, if, if this dude's stumbled down my street in the house that I just bought and his first... The first thing he said was, I kill the monsters. I'd be like, all right, you need to fucking iterate what, what you got going on right. here because I need some fucking answers. No, that's not what happened. He, I, I guess after he told him, basically, you need to get the fuck out of here, the guy stood there and stared at John for a little bit, which is just awkward. 
And then he said, you're going to regret that. And then just turned around and walked away. He's like, this motherfucker's going to learn today. Yeah, yeah. He's going to learn. So John, you know, he decided to keep up with the security. He he uh, just went ahead and decided to install a landline. One thing that he noticed right away was that he got out, out and, look, and was looking around the house and noticed there was about 30 different landlines ran to the house. Which confused him a lot. He's like, why in the fuck are there so many landlines going That's to this weird. house? Nevertheless, he went ahead and called the phone service company and was like, hey, I need somebody to come set me up with a landline. And as everybody out there fucking knows, we all know how you you motherfuckers do us. He got the same treatment. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll have a tech out there anywhere from 7 to about 3 in the afternoon, okay? <laughs> anywhere from March to November. Exactly. So he's like, oh, that's great. You know, I just got to sit here all day waiting for these guys. John waits, and he waits, and he waits, and no one shows. So he calls again, and they apologize, and set another appointment up for the following day. Once again, John waits, and he waits, and he waits. And no one shows up. So he calls back. He's a little aggravated this time, and he asks for the manager. He's He recalled that she had a pretty pleasant voice to her. He went ahead and told her a story, and he could hear her clicking away on her little, little keyboard trying to get everything situated for him. And then he noticed a sudden change in her voice and demeanor. And she was like, all right. Hey, Hollow Colt, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to level with you here. She proceeded to explain that all the techs were actually contractors. So... It was kind of one of them, like, like you could have uh, Joe's service and Bill's service and Ted's service and Zach's service, and they all feed off of one, like one uh, work order type deal where 
and Orta will come over, and any one of these guys can pick it up and go do it. It does, you know, it's not tied to one specific company. So that's how this was set up. And she's like, so basically, what can happen is that any of them can also refuse at any given time. Like we don't have control over who, who you know is comes out and what they can and can't they do. They don't like assign it to a specific person. Exactly. You know, a guy will pick it up. Read the address and say, read the address and say, fuck this. (laughs) And she tells him, she's like, literally no one wants to fuck with your house. No one. Cool. Noted. She she told John that his address had a reputation and no one wanted to just fuck with it, period. And all she said is they're afraid of the reputation. And that's all she told him. So like, what does that even mean? Exactly. You know, is it a crack house? There's is definitely it... <laughs> this, this what the fuck moment. And John's like, well, what the fuck has been going on in my place that I don't know anything about? So the realtor shady, the monster killer shady, the phone lady shady. Yeah. And this is just the fucking like the first week of him being here. Okay. This, is, this is, should, should be a movie if it's not. Oh, no shit. Uh, so, you know, John's trying to level with her. He's not getting too aggravated, but he's just trying to get some help, you know? And she's like, you know what? Give me two hours. I'll sort this shit out. Call me back in two hours. He's like, all right, fine. So he does. When he asks, and it's fucking weird. When he asks for the woman by name, they tell John that there is no such person working there. That's fucking weird. Right? Nevertheless, though, you know, he got it. That's really weird. Nevertheless, it all got worked out somehow, too, because they finally got somebody to show up to his place. So, that is weird. The person that he talked to who doesn't work there got something to go through for him. Also weird. Right? So... Maybe she was an MIB. Probably. I mean, after you got you guys hear the rest of the story, you're gonna get fucking floored. Nevertheless, phone guy shows up, and he could John could tell right away that this dude was just so fucking nervous. He got out of the vehicle and he was looking around, all nervous, like something was gonna fucking attack him. So John ends up talking him to come inside, and. Guy's like, okay, okay. He gets inside. He's just as nervous. Then John's like, all right, fuck it, you know. So he's like, hey, what, dude? What is the history about this place? Like, I keep hearing all this. Everybody's afraid and blah blah blah. And I literally just bought the place and I don't know anything about it. Which, by John saying that, seemed to have like brought this 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 little sliver of comfort into this this text mind you know like oh, okay he doesn't know about this place well the service tech actually lived in the area and he started to tell john about the history of the house he's like a man built it for his wife and in the same situation he built it as like a uh, like a surprise for her and she ended up fucking hating it <laughs> and she was like if Worst you surprise ever yeah she's like if you make me move out here i'm gonna fucking divorce you well, they ended up moving out there, and lo and behold, guess what she did? <laughs> she, was, she wasn't playing in No, games. she stuck true to her word. She Damn. divorced him. And 
she divorced him simply for making her live there. He said, fuck it, I'm going to curse this motherfucking place. Yep. Um, after that, it was it was bought by a betting organization, which would explain the 50 million phone lines coming out of the place. Huh. Yeah. Then, after the betting organization, naturally, as the line would work, it got turned into a brothel. Perfect. Right? Then, apparently, supposedly, the, the sons of... The Gestapo? Gestapo, yeah. The sons of the Gestapo bought the ranch after the brothel and off-track betting, which... Inevitably, a federal assault team stormed the ranch, and they had a massive shootout. Just the house of ill repute. Right. And then it gets better. Then a Mexican family bought it and ran a little cattle ranch out of there. You know, everything was going well for a couple of years. They had a, a, a son. He, he, was getting, he was getting ready to graduate. Well, I believe the way the story goes is he, it was his graduation day. He ends up grabbing a shotgun, putting it in his mouth, and that's a wrap. Right inside that. Graduate, so graduated from life. Yeah, it was pretty unfortunate set of events there, and so right there, I mean, there's there's well, obviously been bloodshed. A lot of negative energy at the location that doesn't exactly. even have to do with John's story. Negative no. energy before John's story. Yeah, this is yeah, like you're saying, it's all prior. To John's life there. Um, after some time on the ranch, John began to notice lights in the sky. That's never a good sign. No. He said the only way to describe them was that they were alive. They seemed to be conscious, self-directed, and they could do things that lights shouldn't be able to do. He did note that most of the lights that he would see were orange. Sounds a lot like Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Where they, they saw... Like the orange and the blue ones. Yeah. They had the blue blue ones that showed up every once in a while. They were also kind of said to be moving around like they had... Like they were sentient. Agenda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, as luck would have it, just on the other side of the mountains by the ranch, which I think was about 12 miles away or so, was Luke Air Force Range. Of course. Right? Of course. And John, you know, John went on to say, you know, I suppose that other people saw these lights too. And when the Air Force would find out, they would say that these were flares used in military exercises. That it was just some type of training exercise, basically, which is a pretty fucking common cover story. Excuse, right? Not excuse, but cover. John said that sometimes during the day, when he was out looking for wild horses in the desert he would see fighter jets engaging those same lights. Strange enough, when John got to know people around town, he would ask about the lights and other strange things, and people just acted so casual about it. Like it was part of their life, like everyday lives. They would just be like, yeah, we saw them. And he's like, that's literally all they would say. He'd be like, hey, man, did you see those fucking lights? (laughs) Yeah, don't worry about it. What the fuck's going on? And they're like, yeah, we've seen them. Like, "Uh, you you want some milk? With the coffee or we, you know. We don't talk about the lights. Yeah, they just don't, they just didn't care. Or like you said, they don't want to talk about them. John also began to notice things after all this. He started to notice almost a negative presence. It would eventually put him into this dark state mentally. He went as far as setting up mental exercises for himself 
to help aid in this, which, you know, his psychiatric role would play a little bit of help in, I guess, fighting this entity off. Dealing, at least dealing with it, you'd think. Right. And he said, he, you know, he started to notice that, like, the electricity would just go on and off at random. So, and he didn't, like, jump to conclusions at first. He would start to go investigate. All right, let's go check the breakers. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. But he's like, I'd be out there working, and here I am using this this drill. It's working just fine, and then the next thing you know, it shuts off. Investigated a little bit, then it turns right back on, like it like it didn't skip a beat. And he's just like this, like these things should not be happening. I know what I'm doing, but they, I can't explain what the hell is going on. And then in in the case of with these, uh, I don't know if you want to call them poltergeists or ghosts or or whatever, but you hear it pretty frequently, frequently about how things would start to go missing around the house. He's like, I know that I'd put my damn keys right here, but I would end up finding them way the fuck over there. Just enough to make you question. Right? You know, you know, Am I losing my shit? Right. And as luck would have it, you know, like Steve just said, John actually started to think that he was starting to go crazy. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know... The, and I can I can I can easily imagine John's point here. Like if you're if you always put your keys in roughly the same spot, but you always find them in different spots, you know, because you we're people. We build a routine. I always put my keys on the key thing. I know that I do, but you know damn good and well that you have those days where instead of hanging them on the rack, you throw them on the counter. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Don't even think twice. Exactly. So, you know, he starts to think that he's going crazy and because of this and and I, i'm assuming this negative presence that john would start to have this like internal rage and he would never show it when joyce was around but when she was gone like he would start to throw things kick things punch things but he would only do it when he was alone because he never wanted joyce to see this side of him. <laughs> to know that she was right all along. Not to mention he didn't <laughs> want to be fucking proved wrong. Heard that, bud. I mean, yeah, I, it is what it is, you know. But then John got smart about it. He started to actually document all the changes around the house. He started to document when things would go misplaced. He started to note whenever he would have that rage feeling come into him. He, he even started to note a pressure change in the room alongside a temperature change whenever this rage feeling would start to to come in and all these strange things would start to happen. Later, he ended up finding out that right before this present would come, the animals around the house would become agitated. They know, dog. Yep. So like any rational person, John just accepted that something supernatural was visiting him, then, and only then, when he accepted it in his mind, it started to almost talk back to him, which kind of fucking sucks. When he would get angry, the environment would react to him. Things would move. Plates would fall off the counter. Joyce even became aware that something was in the house. 
And John himself was an animal lover. Like by the end of the story, these guys have so many fucking animals out of this ranch. It's unreal. They start off with a couple horses and about four Rottweilers. And John immediately fell in love with these Rottweilers. They were his babies. Well, one day Joyce left to go to work. John made his rounds and every day he did the same thing. He, you know, first stop was the dogs. He would let them out of the kennels, feed them, let them run around and play. Well, as he started to approach the kennels, he noticed that one of them was open. So he's like, great. One of the fucking dogs got out. So he starts looking around. Well, it didn't take long to find the dog. Not far from the crate was ironically enough, his favorite of the bunch and dog was unfortunately dead. John knew that it was the presence that had been visiting him. And what was weird is how the dog was actually killed. He said that the dog was as flat as a manhole cover. Like something just landed on top of this poor dog and smashed, smashed the fuck out of it. Just flattened it. But there was no blood. No entrails, no signs that it had been smashed. It was just flat as a pancake. Everything's still intact. Almost like it had just been deflated. Yeah, exactly. Well, as you can imagine, John was not happy at all. He started just fucking rage quitting all over the place. He decided at this point he had to tell Joyce about the entire thing, every, everything from start to finish. He's like, I'm fucking done being the only one in this fight. I got to have help. So he confessed to her about everything that was going on. And they, for whatever reason, they decided to just stay there. Now, throughout the years of being on this house, more and more animals would eventually be killed. But in other ways, such the, you know, some of the animals would actually, like, I guess some of their horses got killed. And John said that some of them, like the horses were just fucking annihilated. Like something came through like a, I mean, you just imagine like a massive fucking lion and would just shred these horses to pieces, Slaughtered. just completely eviscerate them. Was there any that, uh, had the telltale markings of like cattle mutilations. I think that at some point there were a couple that did have those marks. Um, but John, John noticed that every single time an animal was found dead, even the ones that are, were eviscerated like that. He never, ever one time heard any noises from any animal on the farm. And usually having a bunch of dogs, you know, dogs are pretty territorial. And if one of the horses are getting annihilated, not only should that horse be freaking out, but the dogs would normally freak the fuck out too. Yeah. But he's like, I, I would never hear anything. It's like the animals just all were scared and went silent. And that, that, that there is like the prelude to John's story here. This is like the uneventful part that I just went through. Now things start to kick up a notch. Next 
on the list of strange things, Joyce and John began to get marks on their bodies. That's never a good sign. Fuck no, it's not. John describes them as almost being branded. And Joyce at times wouldn't even acknowledge them. And like John would see them on her body and it was like, she just didn't even want to see them. She just like, no, I'm just ignoring them. Want no fucking part of it. I'm done with it. He says that later on in life, they literally, both of them look like they've been in car crashes. They've got puncture marks all over them. They have scars and deformities all over their bodies. And as I mean, ironically enough, every single one of these marks that they have, they've acquired throughout their lives. Every one of them was done in their sleep. They've never had any of them done while they're awake. Apparently like classic abduction shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking terrifying. Joyce unknowingly started to experience the negative presence that we talked about in the beginning. She would become angered and it would cause her and John to just fucking fight horribly. But it seemed like like they would they would fight on the ranch, but then they would go like, you know, fuck you, Steve, and then you're like, you know what? Let's go get some dinner. Yeah, let's go get fucking dinner. And then it's like they'd make up every time they would just kind of get away and get a breath of fresh air. It's almost like the way I see it is like <sighs> the ranch could be a portal, kind of like Skinwalker. Absolutely. And every time that portal opens, the energy coming out of there plays negative on everything. The dogs freak out. That makes His sense. His attitude drops. Her her attitude drops. And it's like they they know when it's happening, but they're not attributing it to the phenomenon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And it does. It makes a lot of sense because as you, as you kind of piece together, it's not a constant thing. It's like it comes in waves, you know, and just it just randomly will hit. And that makes a perfect sense. Or you made a perfect analogy that when it opens, that's whenever everything is just kind of bum rushed yeah. with all this energy. And, and John did a good job keeping track of it. Like he, he kept track of the pressure of the house and yeah. the temperature. And like, he knows something's happening, but yep. he just doesn't know what yet. Exactly. And you know, with all of this shit that this guy's already been through, which is seriously nothing in comparison to what he goes through, he acknowledges the fact that he should sell the place. He he self-acknowledges this. but he, Yeah, he knows some shit is bad. Yeah. Like something is bad. My animals are dying. Yep. My favorite dog got murdered. Me and my wife can't get along. The, ever since we moved here, it has been nothing... But negativity. Yep. But but this is my castle. That's fucking right. Typical bullheaded man. He's like, you know what? I'm not running from this motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't doing it. But I know what I can do to make me feel safe. Buy some guns. <laughs> Same fucking solution I do, brother. He went down <laughs> onto the store and he bought him an AK-47. Fuck yes. John stays strapped. Yeah. He bought an AK-47 and a sniper rifle. 
And he goes, you know what? You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to buy a bunch of baseball bats and I'm going to leave them all over the fucking house. <laughs> that way, when I see this motherfucker, I'm going to beat its ass. Playing games. I'm going to beat this motherfucker's ass. At this point, does does he... It almost seems like he's not attributing it to something paranormal. He still thinks it's something like like physical, for lack of a better term. Something I mean, he of has this because he bought this, guns and bats. Yeah, something of this world. I guess. If I, I mean, but if I went outside and looked like but someone even, ran over my horses with a combine, I'd probably be like, well, maybe I'm out of my element here. Yeah, and then the, well, one of them's flat. Well, with nothing else around it, and ran over it with a steamroller. <laughs> but nothing happened except that it died. Like it doesn't make sense. You know, and but John's just like, you know what? It's time for me to take a stand. Whatever the fuck this is, I'm standing up to it. And like a fucking boss, and I love him for this, he tells Joyce, babe, listen. Listen, babe. If you need to leave, if you need to end the marriage, you do what you have to do. But I got to do what I got to do. I'm not leaving here until I'm good and ready. I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> so he says, I'll leave my wife, but I ain't leaving this damn ranch. <laughs> so, so God willing, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to fight this motherfucker tooth and nail, even if it's the death of me and my marriage. The woman that I love, that I, I, I'm just completely and utterly happy with, I'm willing to give her up <laughs> to fucking prove my point. <laughs> to fight these interdimensional beings. So... Oh, and, and the quote I went on. I, I apologize. The quote went on. It was on the other page. He said, "He said I don't, I don't give a rat's ass about otherworldly or supernatural adversaries. A line had been drawn in the sand, and anything that crosses it has to deal with me." <laughs> Fucking what? epic! It's so epic. I, I feel like, I don't know what I feel like. It sounds like he. He is kind of getting the impression that it might be something not of this realm. <laughs> I guess so, because he said, I don't give a shit about otherworldly or supernatural adversaries. He is... A bad motherfucker. Yeah, maybe we can get him to look into Egress. I think we just need to hang <laughs> out with him and get some pointers. He looks like fucking Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> he probably is. He probably is. So, and you know what? You know what? I give big... Big ups, big ups to Joyce as well because she went ahead and she she decided, you know what? If you're gonna fight, I'm gonna Stand fight with you. Stand by my man. Fuck yeah, ride or die. That's what I'm talking right about. Right on, Joyce. Hell yeah. Whenever you find a Hell good spot, yeah. you want to cut it off. Yeah, I was going to right here. I'll stay in my fucking lane. I was going to right here because after this, we go into fucking war mode. <laughs> big ups. Hell yeah. Bro, not to change the subject, but I just found this YouTube video of uh, John doing an interview, and there's some shit in the background you gotta fucking see. Oh, I've seen it. I've I seen watched it. it. I'm getting goosebumps. goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> like that first time you're I watching. Actually, I actually saw this video a long time ago, and I, up until this point, I had no idea that was John from Skin or uh, Stardust. I had no fucking clue. Like the only thing. Fuck that video. You remember the first time in Signs? Yeah. Where you know the alien invasion's coming, and you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Then you see that CCTV footage, and it walks by, and you're like, "Fuck, that's that's this." Everybody, just Google. It's hard to find. I had to YouTube search this like crazy. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share. Okay, cool. You guys will like it. It's fucking creepy, but hey, 
if you guys can come up with some funds to send us out to Stardust Ranch, I'll go. Fuck yeah. I will definitely go hang out with John. For I, uh, sure. And the thing with this video is, is and like, you, I'm going to be scared. Nothing fucked up happens. It's like a two hour video and nothing fucked up happens until like an hour and 15 minutes into the fucking video. And it's like, hey guys, if how you're you going to fake shit, you go, I, I'd do it right off the rip, you know? Well, yeah, you wouldn't think about doing it two hours. And he's into a oblivious fucking interview. to it. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is credibility to this man. I don't get, because you go read the reviews yeah, of this book. Yeah, because if you tell him there's not, he'll shoot your dumb ass. You go read the reviews of this book on Amazon, and there are so many people talking fucking shit. This is fucking garbage. This is the worst shit I've ever read. It's 100% fake. And so I was questioning it. Like, maybe, maybe somebody did a poor representation of his story and just completely fucking botched it. But I took I get I took a chance, I bought it, and to be at 100% honest with you guys, I think the book is fan fucking tastic. I thought it was fantastic. Very well done. Like I said, it, it just made me feel like I'm watching a movie about John's life. It just made me feel like I was there. It was just so well done. But with that being said, we're going to end this episode here. I know it probably sucks for you guys, but the next episode, or sodes, is definitely going to fucking pick up. Yep. You got to tune in next week, next Monday. Check it out. And maybe wrap up. I love this mixer. Sick. So, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Taking a little trip to the beginning of the weirdness of Stardust Ranch. We'll be back with you next week with more... Fucking interdimensional goodness. This video, like, oh, when I watched yeah. it, it gave me goosebumps. Anyway, I'm going to post that up when the episode drops so you guys can check it. Uh, business. Check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Come and hang out with us. Until next time, stay safe. Stay weird. If you decide to call Egress Industries, let us know what they have to say. And if you go to Stardust Ranch, take us with you. Don't get hit by a combine. An interdimensional combine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.